Welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and season fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And welcome to the show. Oh boy, we've got a good one for you today, this week. A classic deep research. Yes. What's the deal episode? Highly educational. <laughs> and I'm so excited because it's a topic that comes up a lot in mm-hmm. our just general look into K-pop. And it's something that we've kind of always just been like, I don't know, thought of very like arbitrarily. Yes. Like, eh, they, they exist, but what do they mean? We doesn't matter. <laughs> and now we're going to figure out well, what do they really mean? Yes. <laughs> but before we get into it, we have a couple of housekeeping items up top. First and foremost, because it's due this week. Yes, K-Pop the Cork Series 2. This time we're asking for information about your number one bias and submissions are this week, Thursday, February 23rd. So head over to our link tree. Um, The very top has a, a submission form for you to tell us everything that we want to know. And the other big piece of news this week is that finally, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts of this and I'm freaked out that I didn't do it right. But our merch store is open. Yay! We teased this during our live birthday event. We have made some small items to just get our store rolling. uh, And we think, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's live and ready for you as of now. So just head over to askmeaboutkpop.com. Yeah, that's right. We got askmeaboutkpop.com finally. Hey, and we're official now, Official. <laughs> and I'd like to make that website have more stuff on it eventually, but right now it just has a store on it. But you can go there and you can get an Ask Me About K-Pop concert compliant vinyl bag or keychains or magnets and stickers. And we just have little cute fun stuff like that. Um, And hopefully I set it all up correctly and we'll be able to send you your merch. Yes. And we will be shipping it all ourselves. So please don't expect any kind of like expedited delivery. (laughs) Um, But it will get to you and it will get there in one piece if we have anything anything to say about it yes and i know that like international shipping can be really stupidly expensive so if any of y'all like european listeners want to get together on the discord and do a big group order mm, like yeah, k-pop save. albums i'd be happy to send you a big old box or whatever um we'll make it work we'll make it work so go over to ask me about kpop.com and get some merch if you want we hey! did it <laughs> we have a website how exciting <laughs> All right. So today's topic, as you can tell from the title, is all about song charts. Dun, dun, dun. Something that comes up a lot in fandom culture, whether it's bragging about charts, complaining about the validity of charts, mm-hmm. using charts to bully other groups, <laughs> um, or just it just comes up a lot. We mention it on the show all the time whenever we're doing like deep mm-hmm. dives. We say this song peaked on this chart at this yeah. time mm-hmm. and like there's... And we'll like name different charts, <laughs> Billboard Worlds and Gown and RAAK and uh, all of the Oricon, etc. There's so many of there's them so many of them and so I did my very best this week to find out everything I could about the different relevant charts when it comes to k-pop and how they work and when they started and why um and I feel like my ultimate thesis is going to be that like they're kind of they're just like so deeply arbitrary mm-hmm. and dependent on so many factors 
that like I don't know how much like weight should sure. be given to them. I mean, it's like standardized tests, right? right? <laughs> they're just measuring a certain thing, but they never give you the full picture of whatever it is they're measuring. So, you know, always, as always, take them with a grain of salt. For sure, for sure. And the one thing that I came away from after doing all this research is just that like, People love data. <laughs> that is true. So is much true. of this is just about like nerdy data tracking. So mm-hmm. like I, on some level, like I love that. And I think it's really interesting to like be able to go to any week in any year and be like, what was on the charts at this moment? Like it's cool in a like data collection kind of way. Mm-hmm. And kind of a like historical imprint of like the music industry at the time. But again, it takes in so many different factors that it's like, well, why was that one being sold so much more than this one? Yes, like, yes, There's yes. always things that the numbers don't show you. Right. So that's what we'll try to figure out today. And I hope that I can make this like interesting and that it isn't like too boring because this is just like a lot of like information about numbers. <laughs> but hopefully we'll all come away from it like understanding things a little better and then maybe if you see that your group song is like charting or whatever maybe you'll like you know know what that means or if you see your group not charting you'll be like meh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> um oh so i wanted to start with a quote from the korean culture minister yu in chun that he said in 2010 which is Music charts work as a bridge that introduces, spreads, and exchanges musical contents to the world. Mm. So lofty ideas. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to start today's episode with something we haven't done in at least 50 plus episodes, if not 100. I was going to say more like 100. (laughs) Which is I actually have vocabulary words for this episode. What a throwback. I know. So our first vocabulary word is perfect all kill or P-A-K. And this is when a song is charting at number one on daily, weekly, and real-time charts of all the major music streaming platforms. Mm, Like you have to be number one on everything all at once, and that is a perfect all kill. Okay. Which is something that a lot of people have been able to pull off. Um, The very first ever all kill was uh, coined when I use song Nagging that featured Sulong from 2AM came out in 2010. It was number one on everything. And so Perfect All Kill was born. Mm. And IU is actually like literally the queen of Perfect All Kills because she has 21 so far in her career. And next in line is Big Bang and they only have six. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about that with the hit stage of like IU sat at the charts and like, yeah, everyone loves IU and damn, they really do. Yeah, 21. (laughs) That's a huge decision. <laughs> so we'll get into some more all kill stuff later in this discussion but that's your first vocabulary word great and then our second one um will probably be mostly contained to this moment but it's an important thing to know when talking about charts because it comes up and this is the idea of sa gi and the Korean word sajegi just means like stockpiling or hoarding. Okay. So like, for example, at the beginning of the pandemic, people were doing face mask sajegi and gotcha, hoarding gotcha, gotcha. face masks, right? But in the term, in music terms, it's about unethically or illegally boosting a song in the chart 
using bulk album buying or bot farms to increase streams. Okay. So every once in a while, people will just get accused of this. Usually when a song that nobody's ever, like someone's not very famous and their song is really high in the charts and everyone goes, how did that happen? This can't be right. Um, so apparently chart manipulation is illegal and Mm. is punishable with fines up to 20 million won or two years in prison. However, an article that NPR wrote in 2020 stated that while Korea's quote, cyber investigation department is always looking into accusations of Sajegi, no one's ever been prosecuted for it. Oh, interesting. So it seems like a thing that's really hard to prove. Like people know it's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's hard to prove because, like, one quote I saw in the NPR article was from some company head who was saying, like, the companies don't do it. Like, you can't prove the companies do it. Like, Mm. maybe the fans are doing it. Maybe somebody else is doing it. Like, I don't know. You can't say that the companies are doing it. Um, but is some unknown figure that's just some little hacker that yeah, just, that's just lives doing for chart manipulation. <laughs> and I learned that JYP himself even like demanded an investigation into it in 2013, but the case was dropped because prosecutors said there wasn't enough mm. evidence. Like they can't, they can't prove, prove that this yeah. happens. Um, and the entire industry of Sajegi like industry is like really shrouded in secrecy. And, like, artists who have been accused of this, like, they've never, like I said, they've never been able to prove anyone's done it. Mm -hmm. And the artists who get caught up in it always say, like, it wasn't me. Yeah. But Tiger JK has straight up said before that somebody, a marketing agency, once offered him, like, we'll put you at number one if you give me $100,000. Oh, damn. So like people so it's are, like bribery. And yes, shit. it's like people are getting mm. the offers, but like oh, it's also secret and nobody mm, really knows. Shady. But yeah, that's a thing that comes up, especially when someone is like charting for a reason that people don't believe mm-hmm. that like this has got to be manipulated yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that nobody's ever been prosecuted for it, just because. I mean, yeah, I guess it is hard to prove, but I don't know. You would think there'd be some kind of paper trail. Right. Especially if it is like such a huge bribe of like somebody paying $100,000 to get this like new group at number one. And then like, I don't know, was that it just in case like you don't have any receipts? Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Find it hard to believe in this growing digital age. Right. And it's also very hard, like interesting that like if say, because I know that this is for I'm just using him as an example because his fandom gets accused of this a lot. Kong Daniel Mm. sells millions and millions of albums, but then people will find whole dumpsters full of Kong Daniel albums because like his fans just buy as many as possible and they don't even need them or want them. They just want to chart him. And like, that's okay. But if the company was quote buying the Mm -hmm. albums and throwing them away, then like that's illegal. And like, but it's basically the same thing. But it does make sense why that would be the difference. Right. right? Because then it's like, well, if a company is doing it, that's a single entity that you can charge with it. But if it's, you know, a hundred individual fans who are seemingly acting on their own accord. Like (laughs) you can't really prosecute them all for that. Like you're just making bad choices. True. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe it is a concentrated effort. Yeah. You never know. You don't know. So that's Sadegi. If you ever hear about that, that's what they're talking about. And the other vocabulary word that I came across, and I'd never heard this before, and I thought it was very funny. This is a Korean term, and it is som-siming, 
which means streaming as if you were breathing. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like a really big part of the chart discussion, I feel like, Mm -hmm. is just that streaming culture has changed what charts mean so much. Mm -hmm. Because like back in the day, like in HOT's heyday, their like country was in like a deep recession and everyone was poor. So like the HOT fans were buying their Mm -hmm. one HOT CD. Yeah. And everyone was well, and also, like, buying whole CDs, yeah, right? If you wanted the album to chart, like you had to physically go and buy it. You couldn't just sit at home and play the music video over and over and over again or stream the album on Spotify or something. Right. Like digital music didn't exist uh-huh. in the 90s and even early 2000s the way it does now. And then like... Yeah, the way that you can't necessarily like tell where each stream is coming from and that you can just sit with five different devices Mm -hmm. streaming them all day long. And even though it's just one person and you're not even listening to it, it counts as a thousand streams. Right. Right. So the industry of charts has tried a few different things in the past couple of years to sort of try and combat the like fan mass streaming mm. um because Make some sense of everything yeah and to try to figure out what's actually popular and we'll talk about it when we get into the timeline but like korean fans or like citizens general public can tell when like a song has been artificially placed <laughs> on the charts because they're like i've never heard this oh, sure. this month like there's a difference between something being popular with the general public and being streamed a lot by fans. Mm. And I guess like sometimes you can see that when you're like looking at all of the charts of like, I don't know. The outliers. Yes. It's all very wishy-washy is the point. Like (laughs) it's all very wishy-washy. So here we go. I'm going to start with a very quick little timeline of some important moments in Korean music chart history. And then I'm going to go into all of the different charts and streaming services and how they all play into this cool. stuff. So in 1993, the Hanto chart was started. And I always thought this was Hanteo so because I. of how it's Romanized. But I saw it written in Korean and it's just Hanto. But oh. anyway. You learn something new every day. This was the very <laughs> first like chart uh, in Korea. It started in 1993 and it was a POS data chart, which meant that at the record store when they scanned the barcode mm-hmm. of your cd it got tallied gotcha so it was just physical like album sales pure physical album sales so that's how it started but then on september 10th 1998 the recording industry association of korea album chart released their first issue and then korean music charts in a more official government sanctioned way mm. began sure i'll get into that one in a second then in February of 2010, the gown chart is introduced as the new official sales reporting metric. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that we often cite because mm-hmm. it's one of the ones that that keeps track of like everything. Yes. They have a gown chart for like 20 different topics. Mm-hmm. August 25th, 2011, a Korean version of the billboard chart, like billboard.kr, mm-hmm. like Korean billboard was started and they created a website for the K-pop hot 100. Cool. Um, and then February 27th, 2017, the Korean culture ministry sent a request to the, uh, COMCIA, the 
Comcast, like there's the stickers on your albums, the shiny mm-hmm. stickers oh, on yeah. your album that say like, this is a real album. That's this industry that puts those stickers on them. So the government asked them to find a solution to late night chart manipulation because it was like, it was just kind of a thing known in fandom mm. that the song releases at midnight. We're going to stay up all night streaming as much as possible so that when everyone wakes up in the morning and opens mm. their streaming apps, our this new K-pop thing is at the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. But people thought that wasn't fair and it wasn't a real reflection of what people wanted to listen to. So they like needed to find a solution. So it was basically ordered that all Korean music charts that had a real time chart, which is no updating every minute, Mm -hmm. they had to change their systems to only count songs released between noon and 6 p.m. And then anything released after 6 p.m. went to the next day's chart so that people couldn't spend all night (laughs) streaming and changing the charts. I mean, that assumes that all those K-pop fans like have jobs to be at between noon and six, which is not always the case. (laughs) True, true. Then um, on May 19th, 2020, Melon switched their rankings from hourly streams to a chart that was calculated on unique listeners in the past 24 hours so like if you listen to a song a thousand times it only counted as one because you're one yeah, person yeah, 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 yeah see that's the thing with the <laughs> streaming is like are you paying attention to who is watching it right uh-huh. like are you tracing the ip address or whatever and then that's why people have their like five different devices all streaming the same mm-hmm. thing but oh streaming culture I, <laughs> what, we're not that's not what this is about no it's not <laughs> Um, but along with this change, Melon also changed their play, their homepage had like a play all feature, right? Mm. So most people get up in the morning, go get on the subway, open their Melon app and just press play what's happening right now. And it used to play from number one down. So the rankings almost never changed because everyone was listening to it in order. So then they changed the play all function to shuffle by default so that it would like Mm. whatever top hundred songs might get heard a little in a different order. Um, And then the most recent piece of news is that in July of last year, 2022, the gown chart was rebranded to be called the circle chart. Yeah. And they changed their website and they fucked everything. They really did. (laughs) And I <laughs> ruined my archives, yes. let me tell you. It's really bad. And I will probably keep calling it the gown chart for a very long time. Because, oh, like, yeah. I will not remember this. Um, but along with... Also, ad- it's useless now. <laughs> like, it's, it's, so, it's so hard to search through yeah. now. Now you have to use, Darn like, archive.org and it's yeah, a pain. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Darn circle chart. <laughs> um, and the circle chart are also added a global K-pop chart with this because mm. gown sales for and charts and most of these charts are korean only yeah, for yeah, yeah. the most part and international listens are not not part counted of it. Mm-hmm. all right so there's our little bit of those are some highlights in the moments of charts great and now we'll get into what they all mean wonderful so we'll start with the hanto chart which as i said started in 1993 and is still a thing today great This was the actual first music chart system in Korea. They brag about it very big on their website in as many places as possible. (laughs) And like I said, this was a POS system. So any albums sold, scan it, boop, it goes into a report somewhere. Um, Initially, this was only a physical album chart. But very recently, they added a digital chart because Hantol is getting 
less and less relevant mm. and is trying to keep up with the times. Sure. Um, this is the chart that is currently used to calculate winners on show champion and the show, mm. but it used to be the chart for basically everything, oh, wow. but most people have switched to gown slash circle now. And like, probably because of all the digital. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you purchase K-pop albums at like a physical store or an online store, you'll often see that they have the Hanto logo like displayed mm, in the window or being... at the register to make sure you know this purchase is going towards these charts, which is important to people who want sure. to chart their albums. Um, so if that's something you care about, make sure you're buying from places that count towards the chart. Because if you just buy something from a bargain bin at a Chinatown store, it's probably not going to get counted probably not but i'll never regret that rain <laughs> dvd <laughs> um and then i also saw that in 2018 hanto patented their own system called hats which stands for hanto aided tracking system and it assigned like a copyright identifier to every single album and so then when people bought it they could like scan it into this app and then it would be like double um what's the word i'm looking for authenticated the like oh. proper purchase logged authentically through different means or whatever so that they could be like our chart is the most um, oh i see it was like a way to almost like fact check yes. their own chart yes interesting interesting and then i something that they did very recently that was pretty controversial is that in july of 22 they added a column to their chart that says physical record index and this is some kind of convoluted number point system that literally accounts the literal weight of the album, like how much it weighs and what it cost. And then that is somehow tabulated into like a different a score. separate score. And so hmm. fans of like smaller groups that only put out jewel case albums are like annoyed because their albums will never literally weigh as much as other people's like big heavy albums. And I don't see what the point of tracking that is. I don't get what it means for anything to have like a bunch of heavy, expensive albums. I feel like the <laughs> only Ben, the only logic I can see to that is that it's, if it's, sort of like comparing the weight to the price then it's almost literally telling you what it is worth yeah, like okay. because if this album is really heavy and it's really expensive like but is it worth the price because it's so heavy and like oh mm. well this one is like cheap but it's super i don't know yeah like I don't if know. that in some way matters like or makes a difference i don't that's very odd i thought it was very, very odd when odd. i saw it i was like hmm all right <laughs> So next in line chronologically is the chart that we use for all of our flashback episodes. And this is the Recording Industry Association of Korea album chart, which ran from 1998 to 2008. So this started in 98 when the Korean government requested that the music industry be more transparent mm. about record sales. Sure. So they wanted to like officially track it themselves because Hanto is just a company. Right. Um, so for this chart, the record labels themselves had to submit sales information to the chart for six months mm. after something came out, okay. like keep continually giving them the sales information. And this was a monthly chart that came out on the 10th of every month. Okay. And it combined the sales of CDs and cassettes within the country of South Korea. So there's like no international tracking at mm -hmm. all on this. I'm sure 
the internet was too new anyway for people to be like shipping albums places anyway well and if the labels are the ones that are having to gather the information themselves i feel like it would be easier for them to just track the domestic sales yeah yeah yeah. this is how many we printed Mm -hmm. and these are all gone from the warehouse so that's what we did um, so some fun highlights from the RIAK chart. Um, um Jung Wa was the very first artist to top the first issue of the RIAK chart with her song Invitation, which sold 187,000 copies in 1998. Wow. And then soloist Jo Sung Mo, who we've brought up in our 20 year back episodes because of these popular songs, was like the king of this chart. Four of his songs are in the top 10 best-selling albums of this whole time period. Wow. And he had six number ones total for 5.8 million albums sold. Damn. He's one of the only people on this chart who was going over a million yeah, in yeah, sales. Because yeah. he had made ballads that were really popular. Sure. The grandmas love it. Mm-hmm. That's why Chen is still so popular. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was interesting that the co-ed group Cool that we've talked about a bunch of times mm-hmm. has the most RAAK number ones with seven between 99 and 2005. Wow. They were so popular. They were. And a fun fact, TVXQ's Merotic was the last number one album on this chart before the chart was ended and it sold 307,000 copies in 2008. Go out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> So there was literally no chart tracking for two years Mm. at this point while they figured out what they were going to do next. I don't know what the decision to end the original chart was and go to this other thing. I'm guessing it's because by 2008 online, like digital music had started to become a thing. They were like, oh, no, this isn't working anymore. And then maybe they needed a little while to brainstorm how to continue. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in 2010, the gown chart was born. And this was founded by the Korean Music Content Association under the sponsorship of the Ministry of Culture, Sports and Tourism to create. They wanted to create a Korean version of Billboard and Oricon. Oricon's the Japanese version of Mm -hmm. Billboard. Yeah. Um, So the gown chart now called the circle chart. I'm going to keep calling it the gown chart. I'm really sorry. Um, It compiles data from multiple sources to create like an ultimate chart Mm -hmm. and the word gown means center or middle so it was supposed to represent fairness like Mm. this is the fair chart that is telling it like it is everything like yeah 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 we're gonna look at all the different factors and try to track every aspect of how this album is making money Mm -hmm. and so since music was not tracked for two years we've brought up on the show before that like for the majority of 2000, 2008, a lot of the gown chart was like retroactive mm. entries of like music that had come out in that in-between period, yeah. like charting strangely. So yeah. like the first couple gown charts are like kind of odd and then it like evens out after everybody catches up. But these are the charts that they currently have. I don't know if there are past ones that are missing, but this is like what they have at the moment. So we have the digital chart which is counting digital album sales and online streaming and the digital chart has like three sub has like sub charts Mm -hmm. that all make up the combined the combined one so there's the streaming chart that's the streaming numbers only a download chart that's for like purchase downloads only then there's the background music chart Hmm. bgm chart which i'm pretty sure i could not 
fully fact check this but i'm pretty sure this is for the music that they like play in stores yeah like out on the street in korea or whatever like the store owners have to be tracking the music they play too so that's its own chart like the music playing out in public and then their newest chart this global k-pop chart is a streaming only chart that considers global streaming in its data Mm -hmm. because i think the other ones are also domestic only right then you have the album chart and this only counts full album sales because songs can be streamed individually so the album chart is kind of different and that streams don't really count sure towards it it's more full album purchases yeah. or physical album yeah, purchases. yeah i was gonna say it's like closer to that physical album style because it's like the streaming and the digital is almost like who's listening to the album but then the album chart is who's buying Who bought it yeah mm-hmm. and there is a separate retail albums chart that is only counting like physical stuff sold in stores mm. They also have a Norebang chart. Love that. That's the top 200 songs being played at karaoke right now. They have a ringtone chart <laughs> that they've had the whole time. The very first uh, number one ringtone on the gown chart was a song that Guyan and Joe Kwan recorded for a We Got Married episode. Nice. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know people still downloaded ringtones, but that's fun. And then a chart that they don't have anymore, but was kind of a big deal for a minute, was the popularity charts. Ooh, uh-oh. Yes. Fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> and these charts are based on some kind of aggregate data that I could not find exactly what that would, quote, find popularity. Mm. I'm assuming, like, hashtags or mentions or keywords or something, but it's not as concrete sure. as, like, we sold this many albums. Almost so, like a word cloud or something. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a social chart launched in 2013 that collected popularity data from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And then they added TikTok, MuBeat, MyCelebs, and VLive was on there until VLive was gone. And this was a weekly chart that started out as the top 50 songs being played on social media. And then it became top 10 artists Mm. in July 2019. And I looked at the list of the top 10 artists since this chart was launched. And it's literally only ever been BTS or Blackpink, except for a (laughs) single week where Kong Daniel got in there. Otherwise, how do you get in there? I I don't know. Um, And they also had a Weibo version of this chart Mm. from 2014 to 2017 that was finding out the top 10 artists and top 30 songs being talked about on Chinese social media. Interesting. So both of a lot of these charts seem to have gone dead in 2020. Maybe maybe this popularity one is still running, but like it seemed less important Mm. in the present moment. So that is the gown slash circle chart. And it's kind of the most... Like the most official one, I think. Yes, it's. I would definitely say it's the most, it's usually the most relevant. It has a lot of the like more recent or up-to-date data and it comes up the most. Yeah, because I, yeah, it, because it's aggregating everything. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the circle, it's the center circle chart. Like yeah. it's the one you want. Okay, so now I'm going to get into some different streaming platforms, many of whom who have their own charts, which people care about, mm. and also are just used to listen to music in Korea. Okay. So our first one is called Bugs, and it has an exclamation point. Bugs! Bugs! It started in 2000, and it is still going, and it was originally called Super Sound Bugs! <laughs> 
Okay. All caps. <laughs> and this was the number one streaming service in the early 2000s. It is not anymore, but people still use it. Okay. So unlike other Korean streaming services, it is possible for people without a Korean phone number to sign up for and use Bugs, mm. which is unlike all of the other ones. Oh. But I did see a notice on their website from July of last year that said they were changing the onboarding process for like overseas fans. So I don't know about that, but it seems like you still can. It's like mm. one of the only ones that international fans can sign up for. All right. They have a lot of charts of their own. They've got like a real-time daily weekly song chart, daily weekly album chart. They have a daily weekly video chart. Um, and all of those are start at a default all genre. And then you can break it out like mm. just OST chart, just K-pop chart, just, just ballad, just music, this. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Split it up a million different ways. But something interesting that they had on Bugs that I thought was cool is they have a connect song and a connect video chart. And the connect chart is a project that partners with KTNG Sangsang Madang, which is an art complex. And I can't tell if it is associated with or is just near Hongkik University <laughs> in <Okay>. Hongdae. <laughs> but it's like a big fancy like art building always has lots of like uh, exhibitions and stuff in it. So they partnered with Bugs to make this connect chart where indie musicians can register and submit their own music mm. to possibly be featured in like blog posts or show up on this special okay. connect like chart. A spotlight for yeah. smaller artists. That's cool. So I thought that was cool that they had them. So that's Bugs. Next to come along was Naver Music, which started in 2002 and then in and went till 2020. But now it is called Naver Vibe because in 2018, there was some kind of mer merging buying. I don't know. Sure. It doesn't matter. But it's called Naver, Naver Vibe now. And Naver is like Korean Google. It's like yeah. the main search engine. So this was launched in 2002 and it is currently operated by YG Live, which hmm. is a YG subsidiary that does apps. So many corporate monopolies. <laughs> the monopolies. And, they're and so insane. The, the way they overlap is <laughs> bananas. Um, so in 2020, Naver Music became Vibe. And according to the users, it lost a lot of its like good features and mm. sorting and good discovery or whatever. So it might be falling out of popularity because apparently it used to be better than it is. Mm. It was also a mobile app only thing until very recently. And now they finally have like a web version. But something cool about Naver Vibe that the others don't have is that it does curated playlists like Spotify, mm. like based on your listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one people use. And then next, debuting in 2004, is Melon Music. This mm. is the number one streaming service in Korea. Over 5 million people use it every day. They have 25 million registered users, but only Korean people can use Melon. Mm -hmm. Or I guess if you have a phone number and a VPN. But the point yeah. is... Korean residents. It's Korean yeah. residents <laughs> only. And I personally use Melon a lot. It's the chart that I check the most. And it also is comes in really, really handy on this show because they're... Um, 
their catalog is really easy to search mm-hmm. from the web and is like really nicely linked and stuff. So like, you know, like when we did the Bumzu deep dive, I can click on Bumzu's melon profile and there's a section for songs he wrote, sections for songs he sang. Like it's all organized yeah. very well and it makes research a lot easier. Absolutely. So I use it as an information source. I can't listen to music on it, <laughs> but it works as a it's place a good to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And something that Melon has that's kind of cool is there's a My Music DNA section of the app that does keep a running total of your personal streams. And apparently there are some fandoms that use this to verify (laughs) whether people are legit or not for, you know, music shows or like the the things where like... Wow, it's like, oh, you listen to them? Prove prove it. it. Yikes. That's power fandom shouldn't have, I think. <laughs> I agree. I don't like I don't like that. <laughs> um, some controversy in mid 2015, Melon had to like completely overhaul their login system because people were just creating like infinite accounts. Mm. And apparently they weren't creating the accounts to stream more. It was because at the time they had a weekly popularity award on their homepage. See, these popularity <laughs> awards, these charts are asking for trouble <laughs> by using the word popularity in their chart titles. Like don't don't you're just you're giving them what they mm-hmm. want. Yeah. <laughs> Feeding the fire. <laughs> Um, so I don't really know much about how Melon worked like pre the changes in 2017 where they needed to like change, make the window smaller. Um, but recently they've gone through quite a bit of changes and I do have the history on that. So in 2020, they ended their real time chart altogether because even though they had like lessened the window, people still knew how to game them or whatever. This 12 to 6 PM went like, that's so, this so arbitrary and dumb. Like (laughs) what is that going to do? So they just stopped the real time chart altogether and they made a chart called 24 hits. Okay. And this was supposed to be an aggregate chart of plays from the last 24 hours, which was immediately criticized for making it too hard for new songs to ever rise out of the bottom. Or like ever get on to the chart at all. Um, so then they added a rising 31 page that had the 31 like newest songs that were rising, but they discontinued it really quickly because I don't think it was working. Um, like, why 31? That seems Yeah, random. that is random. But the 24 hits chart was being called by like users of the app as the stagnant chart <laughs> or the derivative <laughs> chart because it like never changed. Yeah. And new songs weren't appearing. So whatever they had done, it just like flopped flopped and stopped the chart so they said okay no more 24 hits now what they are doing currently is called the daily 100 Mm. and they introduced this in 2021 to help with all the above issues and this chart does an equal 50 50 combination of 24 hour and hourly streams Mm. to i guess somehow make a interesting dynamic chart but all right that's where that's, that's what where Melon's doing now. it right now. We'll see how long Daily 100 lasts, but that's <laughs> where they're at. Then we have Genie Music. This is another streaming app that began in 2011 and is still a relevant streaming app. It's the second largest streaming app. They have 2.5 million daily users. And 
this was just interesting. I saw this for other things. I don't know why I wrote it down for this one, but Genie Music costs between like six and eleven dollars a month for streaming, or you can pay seven cents a song to listen if you just want to listen to like one seven song. Seven cents a song. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That would add up pretty quickly, I think. I think, yeah. A lot of these apps seemed weirdly expensive to me, but I refuse to pay for streaming apps. I buy music on iTunes. That's my sure. old, like, I get, like, going through this, I was just like, yeah, people have their thing. You find your way, you listen to your music, and then people stick to it. Mm-hmm. And that's mine. So anyway, Genie Music was actually founded back in 1991 and was called KT Music at the time. Um, they own KT Music and Genie, like own so many K-pop companies, yeah. <laughs> like Blockberry and Stone and Happy Face, like just to name a couple. Just so many monopolies. Everything is a yeah. monopoly. Well, and there was a <laughs> period of time in like the second gen where you literally couldn't watch a music video without the, the genie, genie music logo on the bottom, on the bottom. Yeah. and it's like built into yes. the video so that even when you watch it now it's still, still there, there. <laughs> yeah so they have a lot of charts on genie as well they do top 200s they have a real-time chart they have a daily chart where it's one stream mm. per hour oh. not for day but per hour so if you listen to it a hundred times in the in an hour it will only count once for the daily chart but all 100 will count on the real time chart is i guess how it goes okay top 200 weekly top 200 monthly and then they also have which i thought was so interesting and was bummed to find out that people don't think it's legit is they have a cumulative chart that is a running tally of every single stream since march 2013 oh my so like it should be a beautiful picture of like what are all the most popular songs from the last 10 years but the current number one spot on this chart is a song called Trust in Me by a trot singer named Lim Young Wung from the finale episode of Mr. Trot. Mm. And it's very controversial that this song is number one on this chart because it is not as popular on every other streaming site. Oh. So there's like a clear disconnect yeah, yeah, of yeah. like this wasn't actually popular with the general general public and people just like I think it was a we talked about it in the Trot episode, but like when Trot got really popular, it literally like started a war between the K-pop mm. fans and the people who were suddenly interested in in Trot because the Trot fans were using all the tactics yeah. the K-pop fans had come up with and they were like, uh uh-uh, uh, you can't get Trot on our charts. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. became like a totally thing. fandom wars. Yeah. Across genres. So yeah, there's a theory that this one should not be number one that like, because at the time since Melon's rules were changed, then everyone ran to Genie and Mm. that whenever there's like a male solo artist, that's really high on the charts. Like all the other K-pop fans don't think it's legit (laughs) because they seem to be able to rally their fans in a different way. That con Daniel syndrome. Right. Exactly. 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 (laughs) So that's Genie. Um, and then a couple other, just to mention really quick before we get into this last, like, all-encompassing chart. There's another app called Flow, F-L-O, that was started in 2015. It used to be called Music Mate. Um, this one is, like, $10 a month for unlimited streaming, but it's apparently free if your cell phone provider is SK Telecom. Mm, so it's like Okay, a, sure. Comes with the phone. Comes with the phone. They also use YouTube music Mm. as a consideration for a lot of charts, which is just YouTube's streaming music service. It's like a different, it's not videos. It's just songs, but it's YouTube 
branded or something. I feel like I've never even seen that before. <laughs> I only know about it because Townland's album is on YouTube mm. music. Like whenever is you it look a different app, you can look at them on regular YouTube with, but if you want it without ads, you pay for YouTube music. But like, mm. if you have, you've ever like Googled an album and you get a whole playlist oh, yeah, of just yeah, the yeah. cover art oh, and all that, that's, that's YouTube, YouTube music. music. Huh? Yeah. The more, you know, the more, you know, so that one gets considered. And then there also is a uh, line music, which is the international version of neighbor vibe. They're like okay. owned by the same company and it works through the line messaging app. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like a combination. You can send your friends songs and listen to them through the messaging mm. app, but it's only available in Japan, Thailand, and Taiwan. So like interesting, it's just for them. All right, so all of that to say, we will get into the Insta's eye chart. I'm Insta's, Insta's, I don't know, I-N-S-T-I-Z, eye chart. And it's eye chart like iPhone, little yeah, eye yeah, yeah. chart. This started in 2010. Um, the company was founded in 2009, and I believe the current version of the chart system was established in 2017. And instas.net is just like a catch-all entertainment site that has news and discussion boards about K-pop and J-pop and sports and YouTube streamers mm. and whatever. It's just like a catch-all website, but they have something called the iChart, which is an aggregate ranking of all of the streaming apps I just mentioned. Oh, and you can look at it. It like comes in chart, like actual line chart form. And you can like watch the songs like raise <laughs> up in real time. And you can look at a song and be like, oh, this song is number one on Melon, but it's 10 on Genie. And like it's four on YouTube mm. Music. It like has them all. Oh. So the per this is where the perfect all kills come from. Right. As you can see when something is number one on, on everything. everything. Yes. So they count Melon, Genie, Bugs, Vibe, Flow, YouTube Music for real-time, daily, and weekly charts. But I looked at how they make this chart, and it is so fucking convoluted. <laughs> I will not even try to explain it. I'm just going to assume that the people at iChart really thought about this. <laughs> And there's a reason. A generous <laughs> assumption. Because like every single streaming app has a different percentage, total possible mm. points. Like since most people listen on Melon, then Melon streams are weighted more. Right, 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 Like right. it's very They take into account like the population yes. size of the... Mm, interesting. So it's really complicated. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> but you can just assume that like they're probably... They thought about this a lot. Um, and there's so many line graphs and they're really interesting to look at. But they started their own kind of version of the perfect all kill ranking by tracking how many hours a song remains a perfect all kill. Damn. And when I checked this a few days ago, so it's probably higher now, but a few days ago, New Jeans currently has the record because Oh My God has been a perfect all kill for 655 hours. Oh my, oh my God, oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. 
So that's a thing that they have this hourly tracking of a perfect doll kill. So oh my god, we're just gonna like get we're just getting like narrower and narrower and narrower, <laughs> and it'll be like one thousand two hundred and fifty six seconds of an all kill. Yes. Or whatever. Like where does it end, you guys? Where does it end? Yeah, it. I just feels like it's just like data points, and then it gives people who like work at Soompi like something to write about. Yeah. Like oh, this group like yeah. is the first ever group to have a number one at 3 a.m six months after they like yes, you know what i that's mean the thing. it's like where does it end <laughs> with, the re- with the quote-unquote records that not to like discredit this record you right named, but like where does it end yeah. with like the first time with this thing at this time on this chart and it's like oh for fuck's sake like at a certain point that makes records meaningless right <laughs> like, all, all i get from this is that people are really like oh my god like okay got yeah it. sure <laughs> done done but also i feel like it's giving people just like fuel to like attack others yes. and like I, I wish know, charts were not like, used so maliciously. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's nice and it's fun when you see like, oh, a group, especially when it's like a group that hasn't ever really gotten attention. Like, I remember when Shine finally cracked the hundred on Melon and Pentagon, like, oh, yeah. lost their minds because like they'd never even appeared on a chart before. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, that makes you like feel special. Like, oh, you did. Yes. You accomplished something. But then for when it comes to like popular groups, then charts are just used as like a bullying stick or to be like, like, your group's never done this. Yes, whack, whack, whack. that or as a way <laughs> to like validate your own like opinions uh-huh. and your own fandom and things. And it's just like, I don't know, man, can we just like what we like? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. OK, I have one final chart to talk about. All right. And then we're done. But this is the only non-Korean chart in which sometimes K-pop songs show up mm-hmm. on and is added to people's Wikipedia as a yes accomplishment. And we will usually mention it in our deep dives when it comes up. And this is the Billboard chart. Mm-hmm. So the Billboard chart is an American music charting system. And a fun fact that I thought was so fun is that the Billboard chart was started in 1913 yeah. to track the best-selling sheet music ah! of the time. <laughs> That's so quaint. Because everyone was sitting around and playing songs on their own pianos. That's so cute. I know. Oh, old-timey. <laughs> it's old-timey so days. Old-timey. <laughs> um, so they've definitely changed their methodology a ton of times in the last 110 years. They don't still by sheet music? Yeah, that seems no. odd. <laughs> I'm sure. I would not be surprised if they don't still have a sheet music Oh, no, I'm chart. sure they do. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, but it used to be like self-reported radio play days data from mm. the radio stations and then they had a similar thing to the hanto thing called nielsen sound scan sure where the record stores when they scanned the albums it went directly to billboard so that mm. they knew what was selling so what k-pop shows up on the most often is the billboard world digital sales chart mm-hmm. this was launched in january 23rd of 2010 and it originally listed the top 25 best-selling songs from around the world and they narrowed it to only 15 songs back in november oh, of 21 I wonder why so this was so fascinating to me the first number one song on the Billboard World Chart was Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Israel Ole. that little ukulele mm-hmm. cover. You know yeah. it. Oh, I know it. Everyone knows it. 
It stayed at number one for two straight years. Damn. And to this day, it is still number one a few times a year. <laughs> it has never left the chart and has the record for longest stint at 683 weeks, which is 13.2 years. That's wild. Isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love that that is just like, it's never even left never. the chart. It's like why how how is that possible it's just like such a universally beloved tune i yeah. guess but damn when i used to teach fifth grade we used that as the graduation song of course they would walk down the, the my dad loves too. it it makes him cry yeah it's good i have it on my phone <laughs> <laughs> but in k-pop words uh gangnam style was the first ever k-pop song to hit number one on this chart and it stayed there for 50 weeks damn long time almost a whole year yeah currently bts has the billboard world record for the most charted songs on this chart with 33 songs mm -hmm. and they've had the most to debut at number one with 20 songs wow. But some other interesting Billboard milestones on April 4th, 2009, Boa's English album entitled Boa appeared on the top 200 chart. Nice. That was the first time that that ever happened. Um, and then on August 25th, 2011, they launched the K-pop Hot 100. And this was a chart that was aggregated from Hanto, Naver Music, and Korean Radio. And the first ever number one on this chart was Sistar's So Cool. Nice. But the chart was ended in 2014. They said they needed to revamp it. So then it came back in 2017. And then they just wordlessly shuttered it in April of 2022. If you go to the K-pop Hot 100 website, it still says that I've Love Dive is the number one song. <laughs> and it still says that it's April 2022. Weird. They just stopped it. I don't know why. Frozen in time. Um, and then on January 29th, 2013 is when Billboard launched their K-Town page, which is a page on the Billboard website that is the K-pop focused online column. And uh, journalist Jeff Benjamin has pretty much been the only writer there since then. Yeah. He's like, if you read, and it's always in Wikipedia's when there's quotes about albums, always they're always Jeff, Jeff Benjamin. Benjamin at Billboard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and then on August 31st, 2020, BTS's Dynamite was the first ever K-pop song to hit number one on the regular mm. old Hot 100, gotcha. which is the Billboard everything, everywhere, mm -hmm. American. But it all the Billboard chart still really takes a lot of radio play like mm -hmm. into consideration, which is the thing that people are like, does that even matter anymore? Um, but anyway, yeah. So sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes K-pop songs, especially the English ones, because I think those are the ones that are more likely to get radio play, yeah. show up on the actual Hot 100. But the Billboard world is way more likely. Yeah. And I think also the um, K-pop English songs, at least lately, like with BTS's English releases and like Monster X's English releases and stuff like they push them toward like the Western market, mm -hmm. like in order to become candidates. Like that was Super M's old thing, yes. right? Of like, we're specifically going to be international to try and make it on the regular hot 100, yes. not just the K-pop hot 100. Everybody's trying to 
break out of the, mm-hmm. the K-pop box now yeah. and, and hit all the charts. Yeah. But so, does it even matter? But does it even matter? I don't know. It's up to you, you decide. to decide. <laughs> I just told you everything that I learned. I hope that that was like interesting or helped explain yeah. some of it somehow. It's always good to have the background information and like context of, okay, well, when we tell you that this peaked at number two on gown, what does that mean? What uh-huh. is it taking into consideration? And like, now you know a little bit. But it all, yeah, but it all to me, like after studying it so much, I just feel like I pretty mad about it. I feel pretty <laughs> mad about it because it the factors are all just too, there's just too many. Like if you look at like a gridded list of like, you know, these were all the number ones month by month, one month, somebody will have sold 3 million copies of something and that's number one. And then the next month, because nothing really came out, you only yeah. have to sell 20,000 and you're number one. Yeah. So there's still number one, <laughs> but one of them way outsold yeah. the other. So it's like, is it really the same kind of number one? Or like, are you trying to like, like a minus one? Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then is that stuff done like on purpose? Like, not to say that it's a shady conspiracy, mm-hmm. but like a business decision, like the reason that they put like horror movies out in February, like yeah. there's like a thing where it's like people are more likely to, to look at this, this movie at this time or not. like, yeah. Or even like, well, we were going to put out this like Astro single at this week, but BTS and EXO and Blackpink uh, are all coming are all back. Putting, yeah, they're all coming back that same week. So we're going to shelve this for two weeks later when all, no one else when we is have coming. A chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, and that we have seen in our deep dives does happen. Yeah. So there's always a thousand different factors like coming into play. So as we said, you decide how you much decide. you want to put into it. We we just mention it as a fact because it's a fact. Mm-hmm. You do with it what you, you want. You do with it what you will. But there you go. That's what I learned about Korean charts. So Fantastic. Thanks for listening. And I hope I hope we all learned a little something. And we'll be right back with a random game. All right. We are back. And this week, the random number generator gave us a girl group from 10 years ago. 11 years ago, called D-Unit. 12 years ago, I think. 13, no, 11 years ago. <laughs> I don't know, I can't do math. D-Unit was a South Korean girl group under the label D-Business Entertainment, and apparently their concept included adding new members every promotion cycle, which is an wild choice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. okay, because if you thought about, like, if this was a long-lasting group... Dear God, how many people yeah, would you end you, up with? Like, would you cap that, it at nine? Yeah, or would you or just like, keep are you just going to keep going every time? I don't know. But they originally debuted as a trio uh, on August 1st, 2012 with the title track, I'm Missing You. Um, and they did eventually add a guest member as a comeback the following year, but then never continued with the concept because in 2013, they released a they released a single and a music video teaser but then never actually released the full comeback or the music video so fans have speculated that d-unit has disbanded or begun an indefinite hiatus but nothing official was ever stated and that's an odd choice too yeah 
Yeah. And it says that like this last song, the music video teaser had a girl named Sumi who was in Sia and Five Dolls, like groups mm-hmm. we've talked about in this random no, game before. And it, the guest, the one guest they had, Janie, was in GP Basic, which mm-hmm. I think is also a random generator girl group that we've gotten before. Like, yeah, it I sounds familiar, but... I don't know if that one rings a bell for me, but it does seem odd that they're like, we're going to add a member every promotion cycle, but then these members they're adding are guest members that are actually members of other, other groups. Yeah. So was the plan to just have them as a guest? Would they return for multiple comebacks? Like a lot of questions for D unit, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And like, yeah, this Wikipedia says that like Zico made one of their songs and they have a song that features Benzino. Yeah. And, and they put out two studio albums. They've got four music videos. Um, but we are going to watch their most watched, which the Korean title, it has a long Korean title, but then in parentheses here, it says talk to my face. So I guess that's the English title. Um, yeah, so we found this music video and funnily enough, it has been uploaded by the YouTube channel of super sound bugs. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about them. That's why the number ge- generator gave it to yeah. us. They knew it'd be on topic. So if you want to watch this music video with us, just pull it up and press play. When I say go three, two, one, go. Okay. We have a boy napping on a bed. He has a. Does he have a whip ring? Look like he had a whip I ring. thought so too, like right underneath. I don't like the shoes in the bed though. I know. Why are we napping with shoes in the bed? Or like, did you sleep there? Is this morning? Turn the alarm off, please. Ooh, title card with their names. I mean, with their eyes. Eyes all in the letters. Polka dot Mustang. <laughs> That looks like Shonu. No way. Yes, it, it does. Is. It does look like him. <laughs> is that him? Is no that way. why this is so popular? Maybe. All these comments are too old. I don't know. I feel like I never see his hair that like shaggy. It is Shonu. It absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they have like, they're just like spying on him as he's like reading in his bedroom. Laughing then, to himself. Uh, then we have like a scene where they're dancing, I guess. And they're wearing like cool girl hip hop clothes with like backwards hats and converse and bandanas. Oh no. Why oh are God, we are mad they at him? They have He's hammers. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> we just threw him on the bed? <laughs> What's happening? My Jonu. <gasps> oh, they blindfolded and oh kidnapped God. him. Oh my God. It's funny because I almost feel like I recognize him more with the blindfold on. <laughs> I'd recognize that mouth anywhere. Oh my God, that sweater that every boy wore in 2012. It's the sweater. What is happening? Why are you so mad at him? 
oh, there's a really aggressive knee twist in this choreo. And now they're like dancing in a fun, colorful party room. But they still look like tough, like they have like a tough girl aesthetic. Yeah. This is very much a, you know, don't mess with me, Mm -hmm. sort of. the girls in a silver jacket is upset she's so mad at shonu but Luki has a they only showed for it for you. like two seconds but i think the calendar said it was like their anniversary mm. so maybe he forgot and that's what this is about uh, oh but he has the couple ring on his necklace wow. he didn't forget <laughs> just he got bullied just, into it yeah. by all the friends he was just trying to chill mm. read his magazines at home he got like attacked I'm surprised he's not one of these backup dancers. Oh, that was a very wow. abrupt ending. That was an abrupt ending. And a surprise show new. I love I know. it when we get a surprise show new. What a treat. What a treat. <laughs> that was wild. That was absolutely wild. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That's so funny. Baby show new. That's so that is funny. so funny. Wow. Great. Oh yeah. Here. I didn't know. I didn't think it was him years ago. I didn't think he was cute at the time, but now I've seen the light. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I mean, honestly, when I first saw him lying on the bed and you were like, that's Shonu, I was like, that guy's not hot enough to be Shonu, but it was Shonu. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it was him. (sighs) I was just thinking about him the other day. Yeah. When does he come home? (laughs) Soon. I don't know. Let's see. Where's our when minus? When does, does Shonu come home? <laughs> he will complete his service on April 21st. Oh, that's not that far away. It's like two months away. Today that's not that far away. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Weekly recommendation time. Do you have anything that you'd like to recommend this week? God, I don't know if I've paid attention to... I have not listened to a darn thing except for Key Killer. Oh, yeah. That's it. I mean, I recommend it. That hadn't it. come that out re- last week. Oh, it hadn't come it out hadn't yet. It hadn't come out yet. Oh, what is time? Well, then I recommend Key's most recent repack, which is called Killer. He uh, repacked his second album, uh, Gasoline. There's three new songs on it, Killer, Heartless, and Easy. Um, and I believe he put out a music video for Killer and Yes, Easy. there is a music video for um, easy too yeah, and there's a dance practice and there's stages and he's wearing his little tamine extensions and he looks great i really 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 dig the 80s vibes of killer i think yeah. it's so fun and like listening to the whole album of gasoline like with the inserted new songs like they fit so yeah. perfectly into the rest of it it's very good easy is so great like I love Killer. I love Killer so much more than I love Gasoline and continued apologies forever for not liking Gasoline. I know it really hurt a lot of people's feelings, <laughs> but I love Killer. Like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And Easy is just like, oh my God. It's so like, wow, what a vibe. And like 
key saying, because I make it look good. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. My recommendation is also key related, but it doesn't have to do with the album. Great. It has to do with something that made my heart so happy because it's <gasps> this been... Is the- continue it's been years since i've had any kind of shiny pink um crossover moments in my life and key went on bomi's youtube show this week and it was so good it was so good she bought him pajamas that have green onions on them to match his garden so they're just like wearing pajamas and they order food and they talk about feeling like old idols and how hard it is on their body these days and like how whether or not they choose to get grumpy at like younger idols and like how they don't want to turn into like cranky old people and they talk about like getting married and if they ever even want to do that and like what kind of friends they are and like he pointed out my favorite thing about Bomi which is that he was like when I look at your face like I know that you're not lying to me because you can't hide your expressions like at all and that's my favorite (laughs) thing about her and he said that he's the kind of friend like his one thing that he can't like abide by it like his rule of friendship is that if we are meeting someplace i will not leave until you have left so you text me i'm on my way and then i will be on my way because i'm not waiting anywhere (laughs) for anybody And I just loved it. It was so wholesome and good. And I really enjoyed it. So um, that's on Bomi's YouTube channel, which is called Boom Boom Boom. Uh, but this is episode seven of Let's Eat Together today. Mm. But if, I th- if you just search Key Bomi, it will pop up right away. Um, but that made my whole week. I was so happy to yes. see it. So y'all should watch it. I love it. And that is it for this week. Um, as a reminder, we have merch available now on askmeaboutkpop.com. Yeah, brand new website. Brand new Check website. How cool. Um, and you can send us messages or like our posts or whatever, social media at amakpoppod, Twitter and Instagram, amakpoppod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, 181-AMAKPOP5 if you want to send us a text or leave a voicemail. You can send us mail mail to P.O. Box 26096, Los Angeles, California, 90026. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash amakpoppod. I'm almost done with the fabulous. I'm almost done with the fabulous. Oh, gang, it's a slog. (laughs) I do not recommend that anybody watch this drama, but you can come listen to me talk about it if you want on Patreon. But wow, is it poorly written. Holy crap. Yikes. Sorry, Mino. Please pick a better project next time. I need <laughs> I need higher. I'll watch anything for you, you, but like my goodness. <laughs> um also Linktree slash AMA K pop where you can get your K pop the cork submission form. Yes. Please do that before Thursday. You can also join our Discord from links there. There's links to all of the places I just said, if you didn't, weren't listening at the phone number, website, et YouTube, cetera, Spotify, info, all the things you need. In it's one all the things. Place. And hopefully someday I'll learn enough about web design that we can put all of those things on askmeaboutkpop.com. Yeah, and we're then, working on it. We're working on it. And then I won't have to talk so much at the end of the episode and I can just say, go to askmeaboutkpop.com. Bye. And that will be great. So <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> But for now, I will ramble at the end. But this is the end. Thanks for listening to this chart discussion. Thanks for listening to the show. We will see you next week with something fun. We love you so much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Jong Yan, you're our inspiration. 